Hey guys, before we dive into the show, I wanted to tell you about my new trailer music toolkit, which is 100% free and you can download it right now over at richardprin.com forward slash toolkit. This toolkit contains... Firstly, my perfect trailer cue blueprint. It also contains a handful of one-shot samples, like huge trailer hits, pings, plucks, brahms, booms, transitions, and downers. Perfect for beginners, pros, and everything in between. Okay, let's get into the episode. One man. One microphone. And one medium-sized coffee. Welcome to the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Hey guys, I'm going to be showing you how I wrote the track that was used in the Glass Onion trailer. Let's dive in. Okay, so this track, which I worked on as Basled and Manor, <laughs> I'm not great at track names, uh, was used in the trailer for the film Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Uh, Again, this was a really, really great placement, really, really lovely placement. I love seeing my tracks, you know, being used on this type of thing, especially when they're used in the way that we intended when we wrote them, which is kind of, uh, it was, we were aiming for HBO promos type of things, but also mystery dramas, this kind of like, intrigue and almost like quirky intrigue which is just fits the glass onion perfectly so what we're going to do is uh this is the file i've got in front of me but we're going to watch the trailer see how the track was used first and then i'm going to talk about how i structured the track so let's watch the trailer when's the murder mystery start i've invited you all to my island Hi. because tonight a murder will be committed my murder. Once you're dead, will we still be able to talk to you? Yeah, I'm not playing dead the whole weekend, dude. This is truly delightful. Across the island, I've hidden clues. You will have to closely observe each other. If anyone can name the killer, that person wins our game. Any questions? <laughs> Alibari. Uh, that has a kick. Oh my God, what happened? <laughs> Holy shit! Ladies and gentlemen, there's been a murder, and the killer is in plain sight. Okay, right, I'm going to stop it there. Uh, that's not my track anymore. That's uh, awesome track afterwards. Uh, so my track was the kind of uh, Act Two track, essentially. You know, getting the build and the tension and the drama and the pace. Uh, so let's talk about how I wrote this track. Um, as with most of these sort of trailerized string quartet tracks, it it all started with a single idea and I usually outlay that single idea in the first few seconds of the track. So let's have a listen. Remember this is, this isn't mixed or mastered. This is as I was working on it. There we go. (laughs) That's the idea. Uh... That was it. I wanted to start a track based around the idea of okay so you can see it's in notation not notation that's notation uh you can see it in the piano roll over here this was actually the idea of the track here 
I wanted to, that to be the formation of the track and that rhythm continuing. So you can see that I've continued it on here. So when I start a, start a track with an idea like that, I just go, okay, well, what's the idea? Whether it's a melody, whether it's a rhythmic motif, whether it's arpeggio, whatever it is. So in this case, it's this kind of rhythmic motif. Da -da -dun -dun -da -da -dun. Kind of, again, a lot of these tracks were kind of, I was semi thinking about like, uh, you know, Slayer playing string quartets, you know, that type of thing. Uh, so I started that and I thought, okay, well, how do I start that? I don't want to give away the game straight away. So you cut the idea in half. Rather than da 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 we go for. Okay. And that on its own doesn't really cut the mustard. Too much space. So we add a pulse in. And then what we do is we double it with the cellos and then we double the, double the pace of the pulse. Dun, dun, dun. Such an easy win for not having to write any new material. Stop. Okay, so we hear... We've now started to introduce this idea of, okay, well, I don't really want the whole track just to be this kind of like major second riff. I want it to start to introduce some kind of melody, some kind of harmony, something a bit more, that gives a bit, bit more breadth and a bit more chance to grow. So I let the first violin take on an arpeggio. Bum, bum, bada, bum, bum. It's kind of... It's a nod to the original rhythm. Da da dun dun. It's dun dun da da dun dun. <laughs> just sliding things along, just a bar, that's all. And when we hear that with the original, eventually, we get this lovely little dance. It's great. And then we add we add in the pulse. And we add in the cello doing the same thing. And then what you do is you just say, okay, well, I'm going to extend the first violins. They're going to go for a little bit longer to extend this feeling of movement. Then I extend again. Ooh. So here, what we got is this is where I go. Okay, well, let's 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 everything except the cello. So the cello becomes like this emphasis of the riff. And refers back to the riff being used in the first instance. Da -da -dun -dun -da -da -dun. Whilst everything else is just kind of repeating that rhythm non-stop. And then we have a stop. So with these stops, it's so important just to have a little fun. <laughs> and just pass things around. Just kind of go, okay, well... You can see that we hear it originally, this idea here, with these four notes. Bum, 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 bum. So we give it to one instrument, give it to another, give it back to the first, and then the second instrument leads us into the new idea of a... 
the same idea, but opened out. So where the cello is now playing the main riff, the viola is still playing that riff. Violin two has taken on violin one's role. So we can hear, let's hear violin two on its own. It's, it's the same riff, but I'm introducing the idea of, of a chord. And then violin one is... There we go. Just extending that same dun dun da dun dun da dun 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 da dun but I'm opening it up into a D minor. Okay? So this track is in this track's in D minor, by the way. So we have managed to get 50 seconds from an idea. Da-da-dun-dun-da-da-dun. Just by kind of passing things around, expanding everything. Now, all I'm doing down here is, so this is, this is the live string recordings. This is what I had when I mocked it up. Sounds pretty decent. I like it. Um, in fact, what was that? Was that Spitfire? Let's have a look. Yeah. Spitfire solo strings. Okay. Which actually, when I bought them, I really didn't like them. Um, because I was kind of expecting them to be like this full-on amazing legato thing. They're quite good for legato, but actually they're really good for things like pizzicato and uh, spiccato, etc. So all I'm doing down here is I'm adding effects. So you hear the reverse note. That type of thing. Such an easy win. Just to reintroduce ideas. And then, again, it's all these cinematic effects. A low, low sub, just to kind of like distance, give weight and distance to the track. Uh, a Colenio, which I think was me. Oh, it's not even Colenio. It's me playing violin pizzicato. Yeah. Okay. So all I'm doing there is just, I'm just adding an extra layer, a new layer that kind of just like okay, it's a pulse still, but it's. It's played differently and it's in a different register. So because of that shift, your ears go something new, you know. Then obviously, I think I bring in sticks. Yeah. Nice sticks just to kind of re-emphasize the pulse. And then a nice kind of like, it's these uh, Metropolis arc hits. And one of them sounds like a tam-tam combined with a drum, which I really, really like. And then for the cinematic element, I'm just adding in these Taika rolls from ADO's hybrid orchestral hybrid tools. Just so you're wondering, this one here, I believe. I love doing this where you roll off the low end of the track and then you chuck it into a big plate. So combining combine the two, all of a sudden you get this huge weight of the low roll and also the open space of this like like a symbol. And then ghost cello. Hmm. That's one of my sample libraries. What's it doing? <laughs> Nothing. It must be doing something. Oh, okay. Right. Give me a second. Oh, that's better. Let's try that again on that one too. Good. Okay, so we've got that. 
Let's go back into this. So we've got the Ghost Cello, which is one of my sample libraries. Just adding a bit of c cinematic ambiance, which is what almost all of these tracks are doing. So this. So from this, you should get an idea of this background sketch. And then once you lay that with the strings, Right, so I haven't really got into the third act yet. So let's take a look at the piano roll just so we can get an idea of it. It's just a very, very simple idea of the strings each playing the same thing. And you get the sense. You get the sense of movement and change without writing anything new. And you, you hear this all the time in symphonic music, uh, you know, sit there and listen to a Tchaikovsky orchestra, orchestral piece, you know, Tchaikovsky symphony, and you'll go, oh, he's just passing the melody from the oboes to the flutes to the firsts to the horns, etc. And he's not writing anything new, he's just passing it around. He's orchestrating, and that's exactly what we're doing here. We're just using the different colours of the instruments. Okay, so here uh, I I kind of just thought to myself, I don't really want to stick around with this dig-a-ding, ding, dig-a-ding, ding, dig-a-ding anymore. I want to have the strings bringing in uh, a chord progression. And in this instance, I believe it's... <laughs> oh, ghost cello. Sounds quite cool, I like it. Let's play on the cello. It's D minor to A7 to... C minor to G major. They're all, I believe, got they've all got a root of a D in them. So So it kind of gives it this feel of moving but being stuck and grounded, which I really, really like. So you've got this D minor on top, A7 on top. C minor on top, G on top, okay? And that's all I decided to do. Just said, said, well, I said, I just said, look, why don't you let the violins take a bigger leaping arpeggio? So we solo those. Classic. And then why don't you let the... I believe the violas and violin twos take a, a kind of a smaller kind of like Yeah, they're pretty much doing the same thing. In fact, they are doing the same thing. Just doubling up the octave. So you add those together with... And then what you have is the, the first violin leaping out and then merging in, leaping out and then merging in. And then underneath we have the cellos rooting down with the D. 
and then just doubling the, ch- the pace of the cello makes it feel like it's getting faster. Okay, now a little change here. I reintroduced the main riff in the violas. Whilst the violin two kept on doing what it what it's doing, and violin one leaps up an octave, and the, <laughs> and the cello is going great guns, uh, just to kind of bring in a bit of pace. So what we have, let's play hear it on the real strings. My writing's quite unforgiving, by the way. I have to say, Ben, who recorded this, did an amazing job. He plays all the instruments, both the violins, violas, and cellos. So, that's act three, and then once that comes to a close... Okay, same thing again. I've got to stop. Let's throw a motif around the strings and then end with the initial riff. Job done. And that's how I wrote the track. And that's how, you know, when I wrote these tracks, I pretty much just had these four instruments going. And then what I've done here is I've layered them up with bigger sounding strings just to kind of give it more more fullness more space more size pretty common to do this you know if you want it to feel bigger add another layer that is bigger or record in a bigger space or add another reverb that gives it more space layering basically um what's going on here let's have a listen Oh, that is me doing Colin Colenio. Just to kind of really hammer home the, the pace. The thing I like about Colenio when it's recorded quite close is that it really bites through, kind of like a triangle. It really cuts through the mix. And all this stuff down here is just giving you the sense of the cinematic, of scale of change, of shifts, you know, and emphasising the key points in the track. This track can be limited to just this. It's f- I'm just writing in four-part harmony, guys. I'm just thinking in terms of top-line melody, counter-melody, uh, well, you could say the viola's doing counter-melody too, so two midlines and a bass line. That's all I'm doing, and I'm basing it all around a rhythm. So, <clears throat> what can you take away from this? Um, the first thing I think would be for you to realise that you can make a whole track. Yes, okay, I know for those of you in the audience, what's only 1 minute 40? I don't care. <laughs> uh, it's got used, so I'm happy. You don't have to always write a two minute 30 track for trailers. If you want it to be, if you want it to have a possibility of landing a full trailer, then yes, of course, it has to be 230 at least. Uh, But in this instance, it doesn't matter if it's one minute 50, you can take a single idea 
and use that as your starting point to create a whole track. You don't have to have a ton of stuff going on. There are four parts going on. Everything else is just, you know, oh, that's a boom and a swish and a roll. It's just cinematic effects. They're cinematic transitions, mostly. And anything else that's added is just reiterating something that's already been written. The pulse, for instance, dung, 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 play pizzicato or colenio, which means using the wood of the violin bow on the strings. And then it's just layering. So that's the biggest takeaway from here. And I think the other really important thing is when you do stops with these kind of limited instruments and tracks, in fact, actually, when you do stops in any of your tracks, think about how you can use the write, the written material beforehand to add like these little elements like, oh, well, perhaps I'll just pass this arpeggio for a bar to violin one, then violin two, then violas, then cellos, and then that leads us back into act three. Because what it does, it has the effect of a stop down because we reduce the, the amount of things we're hearing. It adds interest and it adds an interesting cut point for the editors as well. Win, win, uh, win, 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 win. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I love doing these walkthroughs. It's really fun. Um, and it is, is really, really nice. Obviously, it's nice for me to see them get placed, but it's really nice for me to see tracks like this get placed because they are the simplest type of tracks, really, apart from drones. But it's the same approach. You think to yourself, what is my starting point and how can I make this into a full trailer cue or a full production music cue? Amazing. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I have something really really exciting to offer you. I've put all 12 of my trailer music courses into a bundle called the Ultimate Trailer Music Bundle, and I've put it on for a very, very special offer. Head on over to richardprin.com forward slash trailer music bundle to get your hands on this awesome deal.